So we come to this last Sunday, and, and, you know, when I leave a congregation, I have a couple of scriptures that I normally use, and this is one. What I've found, though, is when I preach on these, the, the message changes depending on the place where I am. Um, so the first uh, scripture comes from Deuteronomy um, chapter 34, verses 1 through 4. Hear these words this morning with open hearts and open minds. Then Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo, to the top of Pisgah, which is opposite Jericho. And the Lord showed him the whole land, Gilead as far as Dan, all Naphtali, the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the western sea, the Najib and the plain that is the valley of Jericho and the city of palm trees, as far as Zoar, the Lord said to him, this is the land which I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you shall not cross over there. And then the second scripture is my favorite which is Jeremiah 29, 11. Hear these words as well. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. May God grant his, uh, us understanding of these words this day. The word of God for the people of God. Blessed be to God. So somehow we've come to this time We've come to this place, and I'll give you a blanket apology. I'm going to cry. Just going to happen. I have tissues in my pocket. Our time together has both flown by and crawled through the reopening after the pandemic when we were closed when I arrived until we opened um, after that. You know, there's been delay after delay with our affordable housing, and I don't know if, if you can classify that as a crawl. I'm not sure what you can classify as a crawl. Um, we've worked through issues with our neighbors, and some neighbors who are hostile are now friends. This is a good thing. We've tried to figure out what the church looks like on this side of everything that's happened in the last few years. We've begun to make plans for the future. And you know what I see? I see that y'all are getting more resilient and strong by the moment. But here we are now in this place, and it's our time to say goodbye. Last week we talked about God providing manna in the wilderness. And if you remember, if you were here, um, you remember that the Israelites didn't know what that manna was. They said, you know, they, they called it manna because manna means what is it? So the what is it went on the ground. We talked about how even though it wasn't the bread they were used to, it was the bread that they had sufficient for the day, exactly what they needed, sufficient for their needs, and that it was God's provision. So we talked about all that thing, all that last week. So now today we're in this place of 
fast forwarding, forwarding to the end of their story. Um, and it's appropriate to be at the end of their story when we're at the end of our story. Um, so for today, here and now, this is where we are. As we, though, look at that scripture and we begin to contemplate the Israelites' journey, I, in, I invite you to imagine them in that place, you know, that journey that they had, that they started out with enthusiasm and eagerness, the long road through the wilderness, however, exercised, strained, and strengthened their faith, but it was a long, long journey. There were many cries, cries about crisis for the tattered ragamuffin crew. You know, there were also, though, these times of a blessing. Like, can you imagine crossing the Red Sea? And can you imagine being thirsty and water coming out of a rock? Can you imagine that, what that would have felt like? Can you imagine this kind of flaky stuff that ended up on the ground that turned out to be the bread that would sustain them? They also had things and problems that happened with rebellion and religious excess. You know, if you read that story, it it's quite a dramatic story about that time that they wandered. There were endless struggles for power, but God had some surprises waiting for them as well. And, you know, the parting of the Red Sea would be one of those surprises, a pillar of fire and a pillar of cloud in the leading their way, that water that we talked about, the manna that was there, all of those things were these wonderful surprises you know, I often wondered why they went into the desert, why they kind of had that wandering, recalculating kind of a journey. But here's what I've come to. A quicker journey wouldn't have grown their faith the way that this journey did. They might not have been prepared for what comes after if they hadn't done that. The trek through the wilderness was a difficult one for them and for Moses as their leader and for Aaron and all the others that had some leadership there. I think you might guess where I'm going with this because, you know, when I'm thinking about Portsmouth Union Church, I can see that you have gone on a difficult journey as well. You know, when, when first Andy resigned, and then Jules resigned, and then you had to figure out what to do next. You know, all the, the things that have happened that we talked about before with the affordable housing, all of those things has been, have been a journey for this congregation. And I would say that we have traveled a windy road together. And somehow we have come to this place. You know, in the time in the desert, the time in the wilderness, Moses kept a vision before the Israelites in front of them of a future. A future with hope. 
And I hope that I've given you that kind of a vision as well, that I've spoken into you, into your lives, into this congregation, I've spoken into you hope. And if you can have a chance right now, I want you to take your hand and pat yourselves on the back. Because honestly, my friends, I know it hasn't been easy. Things don't feel quite the same and things change. But yet here we are in this time. Moses's greatness, I guess is the word I'd use for that. Moses's greatness came to his ability as a vision caster, as a, a, a receiver of complaints, as a harbinger of hope. All of those things were part of Moses. So when we look at what, how, what that means for us today, what that means for, for God's community of God's people, there's some things that we can, can think about this vision, this vision that, that Moses had and this vision that we share. It's a vision of a good purpose and confidence that God has something good in mind. And that vision of that, and that confidence help us to understand the joy of community, that under, help us understand the joy of being together. And yes, it is entirely possible that God could have led us on a really shorter journey I remember when I came and met Justin on the day I signed my contract and we talked about it being about 11 months that I would be here. And I'm thinking, that, that's pretty good. Because you remember that, uh, that I wasn't really looking for a church when I came to you. So I thought 11 months was a pretty reasonable thing for something that I wasn't sure of. And I think I told you uh, in recent months how much of a blessing you are to me. So... You know, the fact that I've been here longer than that is not a problem. Um, but here's the thing that I've noted about journeys, and that is this. You know, when the journey is longer than we expect, when the journey is more difficult than we expect, when we have to struggle to, to get to the other side of that journey, it is so much richer, and there is so much more growth within me and within you. And there's so much more recognition of the fact that God provided that growth. It's not on me and it's not on you, but God has provided that growth for us. And that's really cool. I have to tell you, my muscles are so much stronger than they used to be. I reminded Laura of, of when I filled in for you last summer with the, the sandwich ministry and, and carrying all that stuff that you carry. And I think you must be, you know, Hercules to be able to do that week after week after week. I did it for a few weeks and my muscles were stronger at the end of that. Other muscles, you know, we, we develop and we build in the things that we do and we're stronger for that journey.
The thing that I want to, to help you remember from that story of, of the, the wandering in the wilderness is this. I want you to remember this phrase, the Lord went with them. Because I think that that's what happens for us as well. We might not always recognize it like manna, but God always goes with us. And whatever our journeys are, God is present. Sometimes we have to figure out how to get over ourselves and open our eyes and see it. I know that this congregation gets that the Lord is with them. Your 40 years in the wilderness has been this process. It could be the eight years or so that you worked for affordable housing. It could be getting ready for the calling of a new pastor. It could be all of those things. And, and only you know what that journey was. I can't name your journey. But I know that our journeys together comes to this moment, this place. Here's one more little idea that I'm going to throw out there for you. And that is that at the conclusion of Moses' journey, something surprising happens. And that is what the first scripture that we read today has. You know, it's kind of a baffling thing. Here Moses was this person, this spokesperson, this beautiful person who, who did all these things. But yet on the day when it comes for them to go into the promised land, Moses isn't invited in. Moses is told by God that it's not for him to go into the promised land, that he could see it, but he can't go in. And that's some irony there, that he could go into Egypt, he could bring them out, he could wander with them for 40 years, but couldn't go in. There isn't really an explanation about why God chose to do that that way. And Moses dies without setting foot into the promised land. So consider this. The purpose of the Exodus was not merely to free a group of slaves for their own sake, but for something with greater scope and greater significance. It was the creation of a new nation, a new and renewed people, the uniting of a people, the direct relationship of God to God's people with this new element created by God in the place that they were promised. So when we think about this wilderness that we've been together the past eight months, and I'm really grateful it's not 40 years. I'd be really old at the end of that. We've had our, our howling desert winds. We've had our sandstorms. We've had our heat, and we've had all of those things that happened 
in the last 18 months. And I'm reminded of this moment, at this moment on this day, that Moses did not go into the promised land. And I have to tell you, I get it. I can see the changes that you have made, church. I can see how much you have grown and how much you love and how ready you are for this new thing. But church, it was never my job to go with you. Never. From day one, that was not my job. You've called Ari, and it's Ari's job to go with you. So here's the thing. My very first sermon with you that was actually in person, I did um, a story I called The Hallway. And I talked about how when we're in a hallway, we need to remember that we're there um, until the next door opens. And that to remember that when we're in that hallway, that God is working in here in the hallway with us, and then God is working out here to make things happen so that both ways will be ready. And so, um, and I talked about, you know, we, we let loose of some things and we gain some things. Isn't that our journey here? Have we let loose of some things and gathered some other things? And we've stayed in the hallway as long as we needed to stay in the hallway. God is doing extraordinary things. God has done extraordinary things on both sides of that hallway. So my friends, the door is open for you. Be ready to step through. God has plans for you. That door is for you. I'm going to stay in the hallway a little bit longer in a new way. And when the time is right, a door will open for me as well. In the meantime, I'm going to get a ton of sleep. I'm going to go to the beach and watch the waves roll. I'm going to walk my pup. I'm going to do all of those things. I'm going to write my paper, the one that I started writing before I came here. I'm going to get it done and get it turned in. And so somewhere in the future, I will be Reverend Dr. Sherry Eggleston. I have that in my vision. That's my wilderness, my friends. That's the place that I'm sitting in. And it's been as, as windy as any other wilderness journey can be. That's my job. And Ari will be amazing. So here on my last day, I'm grateful for the journey. And I say to you, fare thee well, my friends. Amen.